Crushgasm, the podcast dedicated to the highs and lows of crushes. From their first to their worst, we're going to cover them all with a cascade of characters, including our guest today, someone who wouldn't mind jury duty if it was in the right court, Barry Carter, a comedian, podcaster, dancer, and bona fide blurred, who is here to talk not only about his show, The Iconist Podcast, but also his sitcom crush on the public defender from Night Court, Marky Post. Barry, how are you? I am doing well. Thank you very much. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I went on a run and it was, it was, I regretted it immediately. It was too hot today. <laughs> I was like sprawled out on the bed after, like I showered and then I was like, I can't move. <laughs> what did I do? Mm-hmm. Regret, instant regret. I was like, uh, darn. But you know, you got, you got to stay healthy once you, you reach a certain age, which I never thought I would say that because I was like a little fat kid growing up. But now I run willingly, which is wild. I'm, I'm in the same boat like you are I, I, and I should be running and doing more um, but unfortunately I don't so yeah I gotta get back into that as I said at a certain age it just comes back to haunt you yeah you're like oh it's hard to get up in the morning I like stretching is so underrated I thought my PE teacher was crazy about starting every class with that I was like this is a little overkill now that I'm older I'm like yeah I have to do yoga I should do more of this <laughs> my back needs it <laughs> So before we head to court and get to your crush, uh, can you tell people where they can find you online? It's very simple. So it's barry3d.com. So that's my website. So that's B-A-R-R-Y-3D.com. Because that's my whole moniker, Barry3D on stage when I'm doing my comedy. And that has links to all my social media along with the Iconist podcast where we talk about a lot of power books and we fan cast a character each week. We just started our third year on that. So, you know, you find my stuff on YouTube, and wherever you download your podcast from and along with my tour dates there that's also posted where i'll be performing uh pretty much you know ontario across canada so to speak and branching out hopefully into the u.s soon enough so let's get to this crash because for me night court isn't one of those shows that i i fully remember i think my parents watched it here and there so the characters mm-hmm. are like i can recall their faces but i gotta know like what how old were you when you started like watching this show Jeez, I had to be in my, um, you know, I guess, uh, easy, like, mid-20s or so, about that, mid-20s, maybe late-20s, so, um, you know, I caught it when it, I mean, it's for, I'm bad with timing, but I caught it during its first run, you know, when it first originally aired, and I used to watch it, and of course, you watch the reruns when they were coming on, so the whole block was Night Court and Cheers and, of course, Different World uh, and anything along those lines, so that's really what it was, and Night Court just, I like the humor, I like the characters, I like the zany over-the-top situation they would do on the original Night Court. Uh, and the character, I thought the cast was great. So they had a great chemistry together. Yeah, I was watching a couple episodes because, again, this wasn't something that was playing in my house. We did watch Cheers. I remember my parents really liking Cheers. And I, I had a crush on Sam Malone as a, as a wee child. But, yeah, right. the guy, Harry Stone, is such a wild person to be, like, in court and stuff. I was like, he's a magician. Like, it's wild. But, like, sitcoms back then, they were a little crazier. <laughs> Absolutely. But I like that because it showed that 
like myself, I have a day job, but I do comedy, I do podcasting. Mm -hmm. So people have a lot of, you know, um, if you relate to it, people do a lot of stuff outside of their normal nine to five job that maybe their coworkers wouldn't even be aware of or know these are things they pursue and it might spill over sometimes they not sometimes people keep things separate so i always liked that that harry was a showman and he kind of brought a little bit of that into his courtroom um you know but one of my favorite characters though uh, it, it was like uh like dan fielding that that you know john larroquette's character always mm -hmm. made me laugh because he was such a hound dog <laughs> yeah he's also he's definitely the one i remember like if i could like had to a lineup of characters him and the guy bull yes he he was just so intimidating looking to me as a child but marky post uh her christine sullivan popped up on the second season but she came in swinging as a regular cast member at the start of the show's third uh what about her character made her not only stand out in this already established cast of comical characters but also someone you were like she's pretty this is a crush developing right well you know what i was looking at her and and when she first came on it was like, oh, okay, so she she was eye candy. She caught the eye. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then there was something about her. There was a wholesomeness about her. But at the same time, she wasn't afraid to, you know, bare her teeth, so to speak. So she can, you know, you're in a courtroom with a lot of characters. I mean, if you look at that whole cast and the characters are portraying there in that courtroom. We have Harry, who, of course, there was, a, I guess, a he had a crush on her. His character had a, you know, Harry had a crush on Christine Sullivan. But then later on, so did Dan Fielding. So she appealed to someone that was more traditional in what they looked for in a relationship within Harry. And then someone that also looked at it from um, Lansfield, Dan Fielding's point of view, which was very <laughs> over the top. And she didn't shy away from either one of them. So that was, you know, I guess I showed the range, but I mean, that appealed to me on both sides. I mean, not to sound bad, you, you want the church girl to bring home, but you want the sinner in the sheets. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I I also, like, I wonder if she was, I don't maybe you know, maybe you've read an interview or seen an interview of hers from the past. Like, was she intimidated coming into? Because I think, like, if you're in the cast, like, when it starts, it's one thing. But to come onto mm -hmm. an established show, it's got to be like, oh, like, will the fans like her? Like, were you someone who immediately was like, yeah, I'm I'm down for her joining and being a regular? Well, you know, and, and it's different back then when she joined, right? Because you figure social media was not mm -hmm. uh, a main player back then. So when someone came on to the cast, they, they had to almost, one, of course, be better than the person they were on or, you know, really have their own niche. So you had that first um, defense attorney, which was, I think, Billy Sullivan. Her name was Billy. And that was the first, uh, you know, the actress was portraying Billy on season one. And I don't know why she left or if she was written out the show or she decided to leave. And then they brought in Marky Post. But when she came in, it, you know, from when you're watching E.T., you know, back in the day when they actually did stories and not just um, drama filled things that are <laughs> mm -hmm. happening on TikTok, they had <laughs> interviews with them. And, and she says the cast was really welcoming and it was nice for her. But she was already an established actress from before that for mm -hmm. many years. So she's had roles, I think, in like other TV shows like Dynasty or but she so she's been around. She's popped up on a lot of TV shows prior to that. And you know it, it really she was almost like the the um what's the actor's name cameron diaz for for to a certain degree she has that same mm. kind of quality for me would you say like she enhanced the show like uh kelsey Grammer did for what i think he did for cheers oh absolutely absolutely 
it's it just seemed more natural for her like the, you know she was playing a different role she was she came off as more innocent but then at times she would get like really passionate about certain things and she knew you know it wasn't like she was innocent to the point of naive she was innocent i would say you know she was more nice she wasn't naive like so the person that was doing that role before um, the actress who was playing billy she was more uh tough harder uh you know uh, more of a fighter right she was more feistier and Christine came in there, or Marky Post came in playing Christine, and she had it a, a more of a soft, welcoming tone, and kind of the, I'll give everyone a chance until, you know, and then even then think about it. So that made her more, I guess, more uh, tangible, more relatable. Uh, you know, I, I can't speak for the masses, but I can speak for me. So she seemed more relatable overall, and then really blended that cast together because she had her storylines with Harry. She had her storylines with um you know john larroquette's character uh, uh dan fielding she had her storylines with Roz. so she seemed she came in maybe you know second season third season but she became the glue to a lot of what was happening not so much even though harry was supposed to be the main person she was mm -hmm. kind of the glue that held them all together because she was the one that interacted all of them on different levels so yeah when i used to watch her and she came in there with her business suits and the skirts on i'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> And did the crush happen as soon as you seen her? Because like there are instances where a character kind of has to grow on you. Like uh, we mentioned Frasier. So for me, it's Niles Crane. Like I, I think I started to like him more after maybe my second or third watch of the series. So was, but for you, is it like right away? You know, so right away, I'll be honest. Like I mean, being a, uh, you know, she caught my eye right away. Mm -hmm. Character wise, like how she portrayed it and then how she was off screen when I saw her in interviews, I would say, but maybe the third episode, it's really kind of, oh, all right, she's kind of hot, yeah. Right she, she's on my list. If I got a chance to meet her, she, you know, she's she's gonna be on the list. <laughs> and you mentioned her like love interests on the show. She was kind of doing this balancing act of sorts. Were you like, was there any sort of jealousy? Because sometimes that can happen with the TV crush. You're like, you don't like seeing them with certain characters. Like, did you prefer like her to choose one or the other? No, um, I, I wasn't jealous at all. I was just curious how they would have played out story-wise. And even like when I watched the new Night Court that came out right now, I was hoping to make some mention of her, uh, you know, because she's passed away, and unfortunately, mm -hmm. just before this thing came out, uh, the new mm -hmm. season, or the, sorry, the new the reboot or the continuation, how you want to look at it. So no, I wasn't ever jealous of it. I wanted to see how her character would have played out because when it finally wrapped up the end of Night Court, and I'm not being to jump ahead, he had decisions to make. And, you know, the last episode, she kind of walks out and is going to do something. And, you know, Harry kind of, her and Harry kind of dated. They kind of pulled back. They were on and off again. But then the surprise was Ben. Ben Fielding turned around and he's like, you know what? Harry, I finally found someone that takes me for me with all my past, all my flaws, this, this, and that. She's been there. And I should have seen it before. And, and he's like, Harry's like, oh, who? He's like, Christine. Oh. <laughs> right and, and you know so that was even more enticing because she clearly knows and 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 that's how pretty much that show almost wraps up for that storyline is that Christine leaves to go um to become some political figure and dan drops everything runs out the door and he's like i'm gonna do anything i can to have this woman by my side right so she, she you know, okay. that's what I thought was interesting. So I, I wasn't jealous. It was more intriguing. And I always want to know, like, did she get together with Dan? What happened? 
I wonder, you know? that's just like how the 80s were because you had Cheers, you had Sam with Diane and then she was with uh, Frazier and there was, oh, will they get back together? So it was just the 80s was the, I mean, the birthplace of the will they, won't they, wasn't it? Right. As far as and, you know, are concerned. Exactly. And it's like, it, it comes down to like, okay, well, who do you see yourself as? Do you see yourself more as a Harry Stone or do you see yourself more as a Dan Fielding? And and the running joke with my friends is like, man, I can be, I can see myself more as a Dan Fielding kind of personality. Right? <laughs> like, you know, I'm more like a kind of wild person that likes to go out and have a good time. I'm not saying I'm sleeping with every single woman. No, no, no. But I mean, Dan <laughs> was very front with who he was. That mm -hmm. That's what I liked about Dan. You know, he, you know, be, for him, it was a sexualized self and he was upfront, whatever it was, he's having a good time. Um, you know, but Dan did work hard. Dan did come from, you know, um, meager beginnings to bring himself up a certain way. And then he thought he had to be a certain way. And then when he found true love, he was ready to say, hey, you know what? Maybe that's not the way to go. And, Sel you know, Christine Sullivan, the Marky Post character, was the one that could have made it. And the thing is, she was open to date Dan. You know, I remember there was a couple of episodes, one where she dressed up in like a whole nightgown kind of thing. And it was like, oh, and, and just the chemistry between the two of them, you know, I was saying, okay. <laughs> Like I'm on board here. So you see yourself oh, yeah. as <laughs> you see yourself as more of a Dan, but I do think that in certain cases, crushes from like our throughout our lives manage to like influence who we continue to crush on as we get older and progress. Like I love Disney's Robin Hood, and I was telling another guest, um, Brittany High, her crush was Michelangelo from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I was telling right. her how I my love of Disney's Robin Hood is why I eventually just watched that CW show Arrow because. I was like, well, this is basically the same thing as Robin Hood. It's a good guy yes. helping those in need. And that's just something I love. So for you, did you continue to fall for people that fell in line with the Christine Sullivan character? Perhaps characters involved with the law, like an Ally McBeal, a She-Hulk? Oh, geez. Um, yeah. So you know, She-Hulk is a character I like. We, we, we talked about it, I mean, briefly on our show, but we I, I like She-Hulk as a character, Jennifer Walters. Uh, so yeah, so I'm always... You know, at my root, I'm I'm all about what's right and what's wrong, you know, and and being a good person. And that's what I carry on my daily life. That's how I carry on in my professional life. That's how I am on stage. Even when I get on stage, I'm not trying to bring people down to make fun of them, make them leave bad. I want everyone to leave saying they had a great time at my show, regardless of what I do. I know some comedians get out there and it can be very mean and I'm not like that at all. Mm. So I'm, I'm very justice driven. Uh, you know, the best line I could say is my mom years ago said that if I ever took, I'm surprised I'd ever took law classes because I would have made a good lawyer. Oh, so like a like a public defender, like Christine. Yeah, definitely a public defender, something in law where I'm defending, you know, the, you know, someone's got to be the voice, right? And that's my whole thing. It's all about justice, what's right, what's wrong, you know, and, and not get screwed over by anybody. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't be those mean ones. But some no, no, no. the ones no, that no, usually, no. you know, <laughs> you're just like that. I wanted to be a lawyer when I was younger. It was one of my like first real careers that I was like, I can do that. And then I was like, I don't want to have to defend bad people, though. <laughs> and in my, I was thinking like, third or fourth grade. So I didn't realize there was different like avenues of law. I was just like, no, I don't want to do that. But <laughs> if you if Christine and She-Hulk were to face off in court, who do you think would win the case? Ooh, that's that's good. If they were to face off in court, um, I would lean with Christine Sullivan, right? I think she's she's more 
together you know from what we see on the tv show the comic book is a little bit different but if you're talking the tv show then we have to say i would go i would leave more christine sullivan she's she's more together she's got more of her stuff together when she walks into mm. a courtroom to deliver a case where jennifer walters how they portrayed her is she's good but she's gotten she gets easily distracted and that's what makes her kind of lose at moments or she has to double you know go back and forth a little bit harder christine mm -hmm. sullivan for sure because you know christine had aspirations of being a uh, senator or a governor something like that along those lines so she wanted to go still go up and still be there the voice mm -hmm. but you know she, she was a genuine character so yeah it'd be close but that's what i'm gonna lean with as long as she hulk didn't like transform and <laughs> get crazy right with exactly it. <laughs> But see, once but, again, she would do that, and that would be like a distraction. So you're like, oh, you just turned into She-Hulk. Well, that's not what we're supposed to be doing here. Yeah, case dismissed. Right? <laughs> so loving Marky Post on Night Court, did you like continue to follow her career once the show ended in 92? Yes, I did. She, I, I tried to see, but she didn't really do like overly too much. She would do like some odd movies, and sometimes I would watch it to see her in it. Um, You know, but it, it didn't really... You know, our, our odd shows, I'd watch maybe an episode or so, and I can't really remember. The one that really sticks out for me is There's Something About Mary. Mm. Now, that, that you know, even though she had a small role, really more at the beginning, I think she comes back at the end, but it was her and... Um, ben Stiller? Uh, I keep saying, I mean, no, not Ben Stiller. <laughs> oh. No, it's not Ben Stiller, because in that opening scene... Ben Stiller goes to the house, he knocks at the door, Cameron Diaz comes there, and, and then it's her mom that answers the door. And her mom is Marky Post. Oh, and okay. Then the, there's a guy who plays her father or stepfather. So he gets there and he's like, wait a minute. I was asking out know, Cameron Diaz's character, like, you know, Mary. And then and this black guy comes to the door, and then this girl comes, there's a woman comes oh. to the door. Like, oh, I'm her mom. It's like, well, I'm her dad. <laughs> um, um. <laughs> <laughs> so well, like, the actor who played her dad that kind of threw her off like <laughs> it, it, you know all those years to get uh, later on he still looked the same like <laughs> she stole she still looked the same say that's it's the smile that's what it is it's that smile that you know when you see her or she sees someone that smile that she has it's so genuine that it will light up a room no matter how you feel you see marky post smile you're like all right everything is good <laughs> I, I mean, there was something in the water then because other big like women the actresses of the 80s like Jane Fonda still I think I don't know what she's pushing now, but still gorgeous as ever would yeah. take her over so many of the younger actresses today. She's just like phenomenal. But so, like we know that Marky Post was still working. She was still popping up here and there after Night Court. She had another big series before that as well. But I think what often happens when you're on a popular sitcom that runs that length of time, you sort of get like pigeonholed into being that singular character. And I think it could be like a blessing, but also a curse because then when you go on, people are like, oh, it's so-and-so from that. Like, I feel like a lot of people from The Office are stuck in that. Like, do you feel she could, she might have got stuck in the, oh, that's just Christine from Night Court after the show ended? I think so. I, I think so because it's a shame because if you watch like the show she did before, she wasn't Christine Sullivan. I mean, just don't make post, but she didn't play that role. And after that, you're right. I think she got typecast. And I don't know how hard she went to try to get out of that. This is why I was really happy to see her in something uh, about Mary, mm -hmm. where she's not playing Christine Sullivan. Here she is with her daughter about to go on a date. She's in an interracial. And one in a few times, you got to call it out. She was an interracial uh, marriage because she's like, 
this is my husband and and you know uh is it keith david I, the actor i'm trying it's gonna bug me uh you know and and he's like as dark skin as dark skin can be and i'm like okay <laughs> all right all right all right you down with the chocolate okay <laughs> and, which i'm happy about so you know in, in my imaginary world that's what worked out for me and i really uh, but once again it's her smile when she came to the door you know ben stiller character comes to the door and she's like oh don't worry about it and her comedic timing is so good like that whole opening scene where he he gets nervous and he runs to the bathroom and then he gets his mm. you know his the private in a zipper <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and she's like, "Don't come in, come in!" Like, and, she, and she's trying to explain everything. It was so well done that the only disappointing thing for me about that movie was there wasn't more for her. But I mm-hmm. think I was great casting to have her as the mom of Cameron Diaz. I'm like, okay, yeah, because you mentioned she was kind of the Cameron Diaz of her day. So I wonder if they, if Hollywood thought that as well. Um, maybe if they did that, that was I said it was great casting. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to see more of their interaction for sure on screen because I wanted more of Marky Post. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so it, it is interesting how like certain actors like again, it could be a curse, but I also think it's a blessing because I think it's really cool when you could become a character that lives on forever. Like I would never be upset if I was like, I don't know, Zach Morris or something like that. Like I think that's so cool to be to create something that's gonna live on past you. But Night Court, it's also such a traditional sitcom, which for me, I'm a TV traditionalist. I might stream now and whatever, but I love the format that is like those old TV shows. I like the laugh track, I, I, I'll admit it. But do you ever miss those kind of 80s, 90s sitcoms or do you feel like we've progressed past that? Oh no, I miss them. I miss them. This is why, I'm, you know, I think I'm not the only one I can speak. I mean, it's a whole channel deja vu where everyone's watching all these old sitcoms because it brings back a different, it's it got a wholesomeness to it. It's got a whole life of its own. So I miss the laugh track. I miss how some of it's set up. If it's done well, it's done well. And I mean, you mentioned Cheers, you know, there's, there's Night Court, there's, uh, you know, there, there's a whole plethora of those 80s, 90s comedies that did so well that I, I don't know if some of them can do as well right now because, you know, everyone's a little bit more sensitive, right? So mm-hmm. some stuff, rightfully so. Otherwise, it's kind of, okay, come on, people. It's just a joke. Enjoy it, it, it for what it is. We all, all know they played to certain things. So uh, I don't know if I come back, but I, I just said like that actress, Marky Post to me was, that was it. Like, you know, when I saw something about Mary, I'm visioning, oh, hey, okay, interracial, okay, she's open, all right, cool. Um, you know, I'm seeing her when she walked in the suit. So I was like, all right, cool. And she carried that well. I mean, it was classy and sexy at the same time. But there's moments where you can see she had a naughty side. So I think that all just appeals to, okay. <laughs> also, uh, since we're talking about like sitcom, you mentioned the the reboot, remake, continuation, what, what whatever wants to be classified as of night court right. and i know marky posted password like not too long ago before the show came out was right. she in talk do you know if she was in talks of returning because i think I she, was she was dealing with some health issues so maybe not right so she was dealing with the health issues i don't know i know there was an interest of bringing back as much as the original cast as mm-hmm. i could at one point depending on people's budgets and and that's and that's what it was no one really knew what it was going to be so um you know, uh, there, you know, there's mention of, because even she passed away and then the, the actor who played Harry Stone, he passed away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, first they brought back La- uh, John Larroquette. Okay. Fair enough. 
and then the the new judge you know abby stone is is playing you know harry stone's daughter on the mm-hmm. show uh, but i know there was talk of bringing the cast back here and there and they did bring back another cast member which was a nice surprise for their kind of season finale so i know they're trying to establish the new characters but honestly i i like myself i'm sure there's a lot of fans out there we want to see some of the old characters that are still existing and it's a shame that you know um you know harry stone character can't come back and neither can the marquee mm-hmm. post character even though that they do talk to, about them mm-hmm. within the show so you've checked it out do you how do you think it because there's been a, so many reboots and remakes how do you think it compares to some of maybe the other ones they've tried to bring back i think it's more of a better one because one you know I don't see it as a reboot. They're not treating it as a reboot. They're treating it as a continuation of the, the show. So yes, it's back in the same courtroom. There's a reason why the main character wanted to be back in that courtroom because, and you find out little tidbits. And I think that they do the little Easter eggs well. So you find a character who's playing like Abby Stone, that actress who came from Big Bang Theory. She's playing mm-hmm. obviously, you know, Harry Stone's uh, daughter. You find out throughout the show that she goes to see you know, John Larroquette, she gets him to come out of retirement just until they can find someone to replace it because, you know, she's trying to find more out about her dad. Uh, her and her dad had a rough relationship at one point. You know, when Harry quit, Harry got married. And then, you know, Abby, the, the character now, she had to go through a, the 12-step program because oh. she was an alcoholic. But it only came out like in a tagline. And, you know, they, they opened up a conversation and she said, hey, Right now, you're the closest person to my dad. You've worked with my dad. My dad spoke so highly about you as in, you know, the Dan Fielding character that you're my connection to my dad right now. And this is helping me get through what I'm doing. This is why I left my little small town and came here. So seeing it's a continuation, I I like it. And then when it was coming to mention certain things, because everyone's like, okay, well, if Harry's your dad, who's your mom was lingering. And then it came up was another character that was her mom. It wasn't Marky Post. And then, of course, you hear about, you know, Christine Sullivan, like, you know, hey, what happened with Christine? And 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 opening uh, part of the show, Dan Fielding, you know, John Larroquette's character is speaking about, oh, yeah, I left Night Court and chased Christine. We were dating, but it didn't work out. We wanted different things. So we decided to end things on a good terms. And she pursued her life. And, and I I met this other woman who I fell madly in love with. And we I, I lived the rest of my life with her until she passed away just recently. So that's how they kind of put that storyline together so it was a nice continuation you know uh the fact that when they go back to court everyone looks at them like oh wait a minute it's dan fielding like you're a legend around here <laughs> and and though so as a reboot i'm glad to see that they didn't get rid of the past history that's that's the main thing like too many reboots always say oh let's start again from scratch if the other show never existed this one acknowledges that mm-hmm. the other show existed they still call it out you know there's still a couple of more guests i'm waiting to see show up on the show as and you know actors or actresses um but yeah i I was heartbroken to the fact that christine wasn't her mom or dan and christine broke up because i would have been happy if they would have been the two of them together and then she would have maybe passed away and would have written that in the show Mm -hmm. i'm like okay so i could have gone either way with that but i would have really loved to see you know marky post come back you know just even if it's just like guest appearances here and there i was hoping for it it's good to hear that they 
they are doing it justice to our original fan. That's an, a big worry when these shows come back. I know you mentioned like ditching old storylines. Will and Grace did that. The Connors did yeah. that. There's characters that just, they just pretend. I mean, Roseanne, I mean, the whole last season of the original run was wild. So Roseanne yes. just kind of does whatever <laughs> that the Connors do, whatever they want. But Will and Grace not continuing as they ended really, really bothered me when it came back. But I eventually grew to like it. Uh, in its reboot era but yeah I, I get that so usually we end this crush portion talking about what you think your life would be like but again sadly Marky Post did pass away a few years ago um, so we're going to go into our imagination and get into a time machine and say you were an actor back in the day and you were cast in Night right. Court as one of the love interests you were a third one do you think your character would have been able to like win Christine's heart from Harry and or Dan <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Confidence. Yes. With pure like confidence. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because I would take the best of both of those characters and put it towards myself and go for it. Yes. <laughs> I, I like it. Absolutely. I like it. Sometimes people are like, you know what? We just won't work out. Um, no, they like people really modest about it. Like our personalities would clash and we'd have no no way we'd have a future together. So I like the confidence here. Well, you know, the way I look at it is I can see, see it this way. If she can handle Harry and she can handle Dan, and Dan was so off colored and Harry was over the top too with his whole love of jazz and Mel Torme. <laughs> I know I can fit in, right? So I take away, okay, I don't have, you know, I'm not a big jazz person, but you throw on some disco, some classic rock and okay, you you throw on, you know, um, you know, you know, any kind of classic R&B back in the days. That's what I still listen to now. So, uh, old school hip hop. So, replace that with the Mel Torme stuff. Give me give me that. I got that covered. Am I a little bit over the top? Absolutely, because you know I like to be in front of the camera or on stage, so that's fine. You know, bad feeling where I can just say whatever I want to say. Absolutely, and if she can handle those two, I can do it <laughs> in a way that you know. And and Dan was huge with some. I remember the best line I think for me that made me laugh the hardest. Like Dan has no filter, so I, I think in real life Marky Post just had one of her kids, oh. so she came back her figure let's just say changed right she got she got mm -hmm. she got even more curvy and i mean this mm -hmm. in a positive way uh, you know i'm not shaming anything at all and dan was looking at her in the courtroom and it's on there in one of the episodes and he's talking and, 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 and in the show they even wrote her in i think having a kid or something like that so anyways dan looks her right in the face and goes oh my god and he's and she's like what he goes how big can those puppies get Oh, the eight, mm -hmm. right, it, it, right there, and she takes up like a folder that she had her notes and she covers her chest, and she's like, "He's like, what am I supposed to concentrate, judge, judge?" And I'm like, "You just didn't say that." But the fact that she didn't run out of the courtroom, she she didn't slap him, she just gave him this look like, "My God, really? You can't control yourself." <laughs> <laughs> she's been toe-to-toe -to -toe there with them i'm like all right that that's my girl right there that's my girl right there <laughs> <laughs> well from your girl to more about you we're gonna move on and talk about the iconist podcast that's been going strong now for a while but how long did it take for you to get it started like after you had the initial idea because sometimes we will sit on a podcast idea for a year or two before we get moving on it 
right um it was a while so it was a while because um i didn't know how i wanted to do it um so i'll say it could have been easy maybe two and a half three years so yeah about that because i started one podcast so it stole with me and my cousin we had a another friend that we were working with and it had a different name and it ran we did it for about under a year right but this is like pre-covid this is sort of how far back we're going so we were meeting up and then recording um, like, you know, all face to face and then do the episodes and put them up that way. But it was just as a podcast that like, truly wasn't even on YouTube. Um, and oh. then, you know, just due to schedules, we couldn't I'll keep meeting up and everything. So I said, well, I want to get back to it and just let the idea marinate. How am I going to do it different? So I can say about at least two and a half, three years. No, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It could be a little bit longer. So as the Iconist podcast, that's about maybe two and a half, three years, you know, why I said I wanted to get back to it want to work out a rhythm on what I want to do. How do I want to present it? You know, and then even before coming up with the name Iconis, it was going through name after name after name. And it's like, well, this name is taken. This name kind of puts me in a certain box. And so it was a lot of behind the scenes of how I want to present it, you know, everything we kind of do. Um, thankful to COVID, we all got to work from home for a yeah. little bit. So it slowed life down. And I was able to really focus more on it. And you don't do the show alone. Had you always known you when you came back and did another show, you wanted to have like a partner, like a, a co-host? Yes. Yes. So even the first one we did, like we used to, we called, called Out the Box Fancast. And that one, my co-host was my cousin. He's my best friend. It's my cousin. So it was him originally. So when we came back to do the Iconist podcast, there was no one else I wanted to do with but him again. And he was all on board for it. So I'm like, okay. And we sat there, we kind of made our battle plan of, okay, well, when we're going to release the episodes and how long we want them to be and, you know, what's the flavor of the show uh, going forward and what we're going to cover. So we really, you know, put our heads together and open that one up uh, a lot more. And from what I could tell, you guys kicked off with Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is a feat because that is like Titanic level long. What about that movie made you go, yeah, that's our starting point for this new venture? You know, we wanted to start off with something that people were still talking about at that moment. So, you know, the Justice League just came out. There was a lot of heat for people saying, hey, release the Snyder Cut, release the Snyder Cut. You know, Jack mm -hmm. was fueling that. Jack, you know, Zack Snyder was fueling that. Fans wanted it. And we didn't know what the Snyder Cut was going to be to a certain degree. And it just came out like a little before that. And, you know, the casual fan were like, oh my gosh, like four and a half hours, that's long. But fans were like, four and a half hours? <laughs> I do the extended cut of Lord of the Rings trilogy with bonus footage in a sitting, in you know, in an evening. Oh, We're good. Yeah, like so, my husband. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like... this one, the family looks at me he's like, oh no, he's got the extended <laughs> cut. He's he's putting it in from moment one. All right, we're all we're all <laughs> going to live our lives, Barry. Uh, you do you. you know, we'll we didn't get yeah, we didn't get into that. He didnn't make me do the extended, but he was like, because I had only seen the first Lord of the Rings and I've seen The Hobbit. And he was like, oh, you got to see the the whole trilogy of the original. And then we started it, you know, I watched the first one and then we just never got back into it. So I do have to dive into it. And, you know, he got me into Harry Potter. I did all those with him, but those aren't as right. long. And those are a little lighter than Lord of the Rings. I, I did enjoy them, but... 
Um, one of the latest episodes, you two dive into Dazzler, which shout out to one of my favorite drag performers out of DC, Demanda Martini, always dressing like Dazzler on Instagram. Check it out. But yeah, I saw that they wanted, well, I did want to ask you your thoughts on the rumors because there's a, you know, swirling about that Taylor Swift mm -hmm. is going to be her in the Deadpool 3 movie. What do you think about that? Right. Well, you know what? It, I, I get what fans are saying. So I, I'm all for it. I mean, and that's what we love about our show. We're bringing out on show characters you might not hear of so much. Everyone knows you're Superman. Everyone knows you're Spider-Man. But then again, who's calling out Dazzler, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, uh, she's got a really great story and history within Marvel Comics that the casual the casual fan might not might overlook and but not realize her importance to it so taylor swift playing dazzler even in a cameo yeah she can play allison blair she can she definitely can she's got let's wait first she can sing there's no question mm -hmm. about that um physically she has the look of what Dazzler would look like within the how the character uh, you know physical appearance you put on the white tights now can she roller skate or rollerblade because Dazzler came out first as a disco singer that I don't know but you know she can learn that skill and you know it's not the first time that you'll see Dazzler on the big screen but if they do it it will bring a lot more visibility to this character in the X-Men genre I mean she was in one of the X-Men movies but it was just a small role and she didn't even speak she just wore the mm -hmm. white top they're out in the forest she's making like you know uh, lights happen when you know two of the characters are talking and i'm like you know, having a party and that was as far as it goes so i'm excited i know we you know and that's the whole thing with our podcast is that we'll sit there in our podcast and we will fan cast like who we would like to see and explain why we want to see certain characters play certain roles so that's the whole premise we'll pick a character talk some histories uh, fun storylines and then we don't discuss with each other until the show who we pick to play that character going forward so, um, I, you know, we didn't think even think about Taylor Swift to tell you the truth. And it's not a knock on Taylor Swift. It's just the fact that it's like, oh, geez, we didn't think about this character. But it's good to see that they're using someone that would bring that visibility to the role. Are there any like superhero movies? We have a lot now, either between DC, Marvel, that you think was totally cast wrong? Oh, yeah. Um, so I'll say this. Halle Berry is Catwoman. Well, <laughs> That whole movie was questionable, so. The best thing about that movie, and it's not a knock to the actress because I loved her as Storm, but, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the best thing about Halle Berry as Catwoman was the poster. Oh, uh, yeah, it's iconic. I mean, she looked great, but, yeah. That, that's it? <laughs> it's like uh, Aretha that, that, Franklin talking about Taylor Swift, and she was like, beautiful gowns, beautiful gowns, like, beautiful costuming. <laughs> Halle Berry. Right? Like, yeah, that, that was the, the main one for me. It was like Halle Berry as Catwoman was no. Um, and then it, sometimes they got the right casting, but then the directors kill it. So, mm -hmm. you know, back in the day, they got like Dolph Lundgren to play the Punisher from, you know, Marvel. Mm -hmm. And perfect character, perfect casting. But then they said, the director's like, well, we're going to give him his outfit. We're just going to put him in a black t-shirt. We're not going to put the skull and crossbone on his t-shirt. But that's his identifying mark. We're just gonna put yeah. a skull and crossbone on his, or you know, the skull on his knife that he keeps in his boot pocket. Uh, okay, no, no, <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah. So you know, that's 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 where you know sometimes casting is totally like totally off. Like I, I, yeah. 
even up to now, I don't think they got a decent Cyclops and actor to play Cyclops properly. Um, yeah, you know, Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor. No. Hmm. I'm yeah. partial to Jesse Eisenberg's because he's like my number one crush. <laughs> right. See, Jesse, he did it and he did it in a different way. But, you know, when Kevin Spacey did it and soup, nah, 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 there, there's, there's some that we look and we're like, no, you're not making the fan base excited. We're really, we're really kind of now turned off either who you cast or how you're directing it. I think it's more you know the casting we can go with it's how they direct it that's really my feel like mm -hmm. when nicholas cage was ghost rider i'm like oh, okay all right <laughs> all right and I, but nicholas cage is kind of goofy and he, and he did well in the first movie but once again the direction they went with they kind of get away from the source material and that's what bothers me the most is, is when they step away from that you know the the, mm -hmm. the years and years of history that have existed and you have a director saying, okay, here's the idea. I'm gonna do it my way. I'm gonna just use the name of the character, but we're gonna do it because I don't like comic books. Oh. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you on this one part. The biggest person that pissed me off, I think within the genre was the original Spider-Man movies. So you had Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, mm -hmm. all for it. And then you had the actress that was playing Mary Jane. Um. Oh. Oh, Kirsten she was like interviewed. I mean, Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten, yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is what pissed me off about her. You get a iconic movie. The comic books, the video games have generated millions and millions of dollars of Spider-Man licensing. They had her in an interview, and they said, "Hey, in preparing for this role, did you read any of the Spider-Man comic books to understand the character?" And she's like, no, I don't read comic books. I'm just gonna do it my way. I don't care what happens, what uh, the comic books, how they portray the character. So basically you just took the paycheck and didn't do the research and you're just gonna get up and do the character. And I, I think there was other actresses that would have looked more the role of Mary Jane or and or have done the research to be Mary Jane than what Kristen Dunst turned around and did. Like that well, was almost like, spit into the eye of the fan mm -hmm. but on the flip side there are some where you can't imagine anyone else in the role and i think hugh jackman everyone would agree as wolverine is one of those people are you excited to see him in the signature blue and yellow suit in the next movie yes see that's what <laughs> i was saying before you get away from the source material they teased his costume and then once again it's like we're gonna make the x-men sweet we're going to give him black leather outfits, no mask. Wait a minute, but the colorful costumes is also as important to the characters as the characters themselves. Mm -hmm. And you made him look like a biker gang. You know, it's like, oh, it's not realistic. Yeah. It's comic books. It's not supposed to be realistic. <laughs> They're mutants. How much more unrealistic can you get? <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> so Hugh Jackman, I'll say this. Uh, I wasn't sure about Hugh Jackman at the very first when they cast it because as a fan, I'm like, he's too tall. Hmm. Because there's two <laughs> things everyone knows about Wolverine. One, he's Canadian. And two, Wolverine's only like five foot two or five foot five. He's a short, short guy. King. Short yeah, king. He's a short king. <laughs> that, that's Wolverine. He, he's, and that's the whole big joke that he takes down all these people that are way bigger than him. So when people think of, oh, Canadian, oh, all Canadians are nice. It's like, have you seen Wolverine? He's the best <laughs> at what he does. And he, he's a short guy. So when they cast Hugh Jackman, who's like a full foot and a bit taller than him, 
it's like, all right, but he had the look. He had the the facial look, the features, and he played the character really, really well because he did his homework. He went to the gym, he did his research on the character. So we can overlook that it's not maybe physically accurate because he brought that much more to the role. So I'm very excited to see him in a full out, you know, yellow and blue Wolverine costume and he better wear the mask. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think we've seen pictures of that leak yet, just yet. But it's obvious this show and yourself, you let your geek flag fly high. And being a nerd, but more importantly, like a black nerd, especially back in the day when you were watching Night Court and growing up, like it just wasn't, a, it was not as accepted, I think, just to be a nerd in general. But I think adding that layer of being black, like because in pop culture, black people were supposed to be like hip hop and so cool yeah. and everything. Like I definitely, growing up in the 90s, like they would just make fun of me and they're like, hey, Urkel. And you're like, oh, man. Man, do you think like your 10 year old self would see like could see where you are today like you have a show where you get to just talk openly about comics and movies and all these nerdy things yes uh my 10 year old self would be very proud of the steps i've taken within this genre 100 percent for sure you know as i said it was never easy where um, you know be it you know young black and at the time this is you know years ago um wasn't really seen as a favorable thing you could see it it's like Nerd, and you get shunned on so mm -hmm. a lot of that you know i did offset some of it because i do have a strong character so i really don't let people you know their influence affect me at times i'm not saying it didn't get to me some days and then other times it was you know i was a hip-hop dancer also at the same time so if anyone would see me out at the club or on the surface they're like oh there's so much fun to hang around with because i mean i'm a comedian i'm doing the dancing you know, but then as soon as I'm off stage, I'm reading comic books. I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm watching Lord <laughs> of the Rings. <laughs> the and extended it, cut. Yeah, extended cut. Exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, I mean, I was watching Lord of the Rings, the cartoon, you know, mm. when it first mm -hmm. came out. So this is even before the live action. And then people would come over to my, my my parents' place, you know, when I was living at home. And they're like, wait a minute. This this is all your stuff? Yeah, man. <laughs> is this something we don't know about you? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so... You know, but it was hard because, yeah, did I get teased by my my peers? Absolutely. In, in, you know, in elementary school, high school, I got teased a lot about it. And it would just kind of get mellowed out because at the same time, you would talk to me and everyone would be like, oh, man, he's so funny. Or, oh, geez, he's in this competition. He's that competition. He's dancing with this band. He's opening for this group. But then off stage, it's like, so I, I, I would honestly have to say, if I didn't really get into the artistic side of myself performing, I think it, you know, that's what kind of worker coded it a little bit and made it easy for me to a certain point. But it was, it was tough. I got teased. Um, even some of my ex girlfriends at times were like, really? You're talking about comic books? I'm like, yeah, you, you know, your X Men was doing a fantasy football league. Okay. You know what? That's Dungeons and Dragons with real players. Okay. We're good. Exactly. So. <laughs> And now they have things like Blurred Con. So I feel like these younger black nerds coming up should really like pay some respect to us that we had to yes. like walk and get teased. And now they're considered, they're considered cool, even just nerds in general. But it's like, it was rough back in the day. Oh yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't be too open unless you, it was like, hey man, what are you doing last night? Uh, I was watching, uh, did you watch that Lord of the Rings cartoon? Oh, yeah, you watched it too, man? <laughs> Didn't know you into that. <laughs> Sheila, here, Sheila, just keep smiling. Keep smiling. Sheila, hey, Sheila, how you doing? How you doing, girl? All right, all right cool, cool, cool. Yo, man, so what'd you think about it? What do you guys talk about? Football. 
<laughs> right? It was it was so underground at the time that you you almost felt like you're in a little corner in society. You're in a bubble, and you had to find who you had to network with mm-hmm. when you were dealing with talking about any of these things. You couldn't just talk about it openly. You know, you couldn't sit down there with a group of people and say, "Hey, man, we're going to talk about the store." You know, back then you'd be like, "Why?" Is that where nerds <laughs> hang out? Well, you, well, you, well. Now, it's it's shown how much of an industry the, the storylines are great, the artist is great. You know, it's now flipped from being, you know, where you had to hide it, to now it's being embraced more and more. Big companies mm-hmm. have gotten behind it. People are out there for it, and you have now people that would make fun of nerds or running back trying to collect. You know, to either connect with their you know, the younger selves or try to make it as an investment. So I know my 10 year old self is very happy that I stayed true to my character and kept and kept it going. Oh, that's good. It's always good that you could keep your, your child self happy, like when you get older. But you also mentioned you are a comedian and I wanted to touch on that because you've got some dates coming up in Canada, up north. Uh, where are you going to be this summer? Oh wow! So I'm going to be at, and it's pretty. I'm going to be at two. Um, so there's uh, uh, two campgrounds. So I'm performing at two campgrounds where people bring like their trailers and they stay there like pretty much for the summer. So I'm going to be doing that uh, September 1st and 2nd. And I have another show here in Hamilton, Ontario, which is just about maybe 40 something minutes outside of Toronto. Uh, doing a Friday night and a Saturday night headlining over at Levity Nightclub. Uh, nightclub. Sorry, sorry, Levity Comedy Club. So I'll be there with the comedy troupe I'm a part of, which is a touch of gray batter. And that's going to be October 6th and 7th. If I've got my dates right, but I, I'll definitely keep it more. And I have more coming up with, um, you know, some shows at comedy bar and uh, a lot of other venues around here. And I'm still adding more dates on. So I'm doing a lot of the micro breweries around, um, you know, a lot of the comedy scenes. So, you know, that's comedy bar. They've got two locations and talking to do some shows also back in Montreal. That's where I was born and raised. Well, hometown love right there. So before we wrap up, I do want to do a quick speed round based on sitcoms since that's where your crush today spawned from. Are you up for it? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Sitcom with the best theme song. I would say I would go cheers. You know, I'm in the I Did Not Make These Rankings podcast network and we just did a big bracket of theme TV intros and theme songs and cheers did come out on number one at number one with after 104 uh, of the of songs so yeah good choice so what is do you think is the greatest like ensemble cast i would have to go different world the sitcom that has the best set design wow sitcom with best set design all right i'm going out here on the limb and i'm going to say red dwarf red what red dwarf so oh, red okay. dwarf is a uk show that had this one guy who got he was a janitor He's stuck on a spaceship. The spaceship goes uh, off course. Okay. Yeah. And, that's and a UK he comes one. out of. Me? UK? Yeah, it's a UK one, yeah. but you can find it online. It's called Red Dwarf, and it's hilarious. Like, this guy gets suspended animation. He comes <laughs> out. So, when he was there, you had the captain of the ship. He was the janitor. He had his cat with him, you know, a black cat. Mm-hmm. And then he gets, you know, thrown in, whatever. He wakes up in the future, uh, comes out of it. The captain ended up dying, so the captain's a hologram. So he's still a real person, but he has an H on his forehead for hologram. And the cat evolved over time from being a full-out normal cat 
into a body of a man. Oh. But he was still called cat. And he still had cat-like <laughs> and feline, you know, tendencies. But he still spoke. But he was very over the top. Like, almost like James Brown kind of character. <laughs> yeah. Red Dwarf. There we go. I've never heard of it, but it, <laughs> the cat thing sounds very interesting. Uh, next is a sitcom you'd love to steal the wardrobe from. Ooh. Ooh. Sitcom I'd love to steal this wardrobe from. If I had to steal it, yeah, I'd have to go back once again to... Uh, different world. I was gonna say, I mean, they kind of top-notch that or Martin. Right, right. But, you know, Dwayne Wade had those glasses, those flip-up glasses, and so I had a cool. pair of those. those really? Oh, yeah, I can't even lie. <laughs> so you kind of already stole their wardrobe. Yeah, you had it. Yeah, um... somewhat, somewhat. <laughs> I just didn't have the budget to continue. Uh, okay, and now, since this is what you do, a sitcom that you would have loved to be the casting director on. So you can make oh some God. changes. That that is a good one. Um, you know what? I think I'd have the most fun. Love boat. Mm. <laughs> Classic <laughs> love boat. Yeah, let me be the casting director on that one. Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> and finally, the sitcom you feel had the best series finale. Sitcom best series finale. I'd have to come back to what I was saying is Night Court. I I would say Frasier, but okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, nice. was good, but but Night Court still is gonna have a, a soft spot in my heart. I did a whole series um for it's called Fandomania website, and I was like, because I love watching finales, even if I don't watch the show. I think it started yes. with Lost being just like so big, they were like, It's ending, you gotta watch it. So me and my roommate watched it. And we're like, all right. So I thought, could you love a show just based on the finale? And that's actually why I watched Frasier. I watched the finale and I loved it so much. I went back and watched the whole series. And there are some great finales out there. You don't have to know the show at all. So but I didn't I didn't do Night Court. I don't think it was on my initial. I think I did like 52 shows or something. But man, I, I right, gotta go back. Right. And I did the same thing. One. Yeah, I went back on Tubi and I was watching a lot of shows that ended because I couldn't remember how they ended. So I went back and watched the original Alf from like the last <laughs> oh. episode. I know. Uh, my my husband watched that recently. I was like, "What is gonna happen?" I think <laughs> Ryan Reynolds said he's trying to bring it back. Yeah. So yeah. Hopefully, we'll know what happens after they came. I was thinking like they just kind of were like, "You could go, go back to your family." That's what I hope would happen. Right, but nope. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? So, uh, before we sign off once more, can you remind people where they can find you and the Iconist Podcast online? Absolutely. So uh, once again, you can find everything that I'm doing at Barry3D.com and the Iconist podcast. You can find us on YouTube, uh, you know, if you want to see the videos. So we do it one show a week. Every Tuesday, we release the episode on YouTube uh, to line up with when people used to get their DVDs. And then every Wednesday, the audio gets released on all streaming services. So from, from Spotify to iTunes um, and we're on Podbean. So if you look up Iconist so, and really how the name is, that's icon and is. So I-C-O-N-I-S dot podbean.com. Everything is there and you'll see everything we do. And it's always it. Once again, it's linked through my website with social media for myself, Barry3D or the Iconist podcast, you know, on Instagram and TikTok and wherever you stream it and want to find us. We're always posting something on there. Well, Barry, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me about your sitcom crush today. And everyone, you can find all that information below. And until next time, as always, keep crushing it.
Hushgasm is part of the I Did Not Make These Rankings podcast network, alongside some other pretty cool shows, including An Evening at the Movies, Crime, Rewind, Literature Reapers, Love is Black, Masturbators, Men are the Prize, and The Simplest. You can find all of us and more over at IDNMTRpodcastnetwork.com.